Almost had it, but not quite. Welcome to the show, Golden Gods and Goddesses. Welcome to Rum, Ham, and Wild Cards. We're going over every episode of Sunny in order, putting it on a list. The list of lists. My name is Brayden, a.k.a. Peter Nincompoop, uh, and I'm here with Adam. Hey, what's up, y'all? A.k.a. Fast Lightning. <laughs> we got Donnie. What's up, y'all? A.k.a. Somewhat Fast Thunder. And uh, we got the dish of the day on the phone with us today. Deli meats. <laughs> the deli meats himself. It's the dish of the day. Deli meats. Can't believe you didn't go gabagool. Gabagool. We, uh, we're sitting around the table today. We're talking about part two of The Gang Gets Whacked. That's season three, episode 13. The Gang Gets Whacked, part two. Got an interesting episode review for you guys today. Uh, last episode yielded way higher scores than I expected, so I have absolutely no idea where this episode review is going to go. But um, yeah, before we get into it today, though, uh, we gotta you know plug the social media at Always Sunny Pod. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Go to solo.to/rumham for all the links. Uh, check the show notes. You can uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and all the links to listen to us are at solo.to/rumham. Along with our merch store, which contains some Reason Will Prevail t-shirts and some uh, tank tops are coming this summer. We got some stickers. Uh, it's a good time. So uh, go check out our merch store at solo.to slash rumham and use code GOLDENPOD at checkout for 15% off. And 100% of uh, profits are going to the uh, St. Baldrick's Foundation. And I haven't mentioned this yet, but I keep meaning to mention it. I'm matching... All donations, whatever, whatever profits we get off of this, we're donating, but I personally am going to match them. This is not me putting you guys on the spot to do the same. It I just, wasn't until you said that. Well, yeah, now it is. It's it's that double speak we were talking about on last episode. I'm trying to seem so, friendly, but if you don't, I'm going to break your legs, okay? If a certain someone donates $1, then a certain someone else may or may not donate another dollar to match it. Agabish? Yeah, on my trip yeah, around town, I'll ask if I'll ask a bunch of banks if I have accounts, and if they say yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll do the same. <laughs> Is that how that works? <laughs> yeah. So uh, get yourself a T-shirt. Support the podcast. Support St. Baldrick's Foundation. They're doing some great job uh, fighting childhood cancers. Uh, at solo.to/rumham for all the links to listen. Previously on Rumham and Wildcards, uh, we talked about uh, part one of this episode. I fucking hate when shows do that, but keep going. It, and and this show didn't do that. They didn't do skip a, recap. No, they didn't. They didn't. Skip right. recap because the episodes were uh, released on the same day. But we'll get that into get into that here in a second. Wildcard crew listener of the episode on Instagram, uh, Veronica. Thank you so much for following us. You got some awesome art there that you're doing. Uh, I love the Inglorious Bastards drawing specifically. Uh, you know, but uh, mostly Sunny work there on that page. Great job, uh, Veronica. Following us on Instagram. Episode two, or sorry, part two. This is uh, season three, episode 13. Oh my gosh, a nightmare. We're all the way back at episode two of the show. Well, I was just dreaming. <laughs> Dream the whole thing. Um, yeah, so still dealing with the fact that they are in debt to the gangsters. The gang is trying to find uh, ways to raise money and get themselves out of this situation. Uh, Dennis is basically forced by Frank to pimp himself out in this episode. We're going straight to banging from now on. Check this out. Jesus Christ, man. Wait, you got a problem? Yeah, this makes me seem like a whore. You are a whore. No, I'm not a whore. I'm, I'm, I'm a handsome companion who goes to nice dinners with fancy women who has rules about what he'll do. I mean, what happened to the rules, Frank? You can still have your rules. It says right here, no rules. Don't be so uptight. You know what? I'm walking from this. Ow! What the hell, dude? I'm knocking some sense into you, Dennis. This is all you got. Ah! Dude, why do you keep hitting me? Don't talk back to me. Okay, sorry. Look, I'm gonna get you out of this. It's you and me against the world. I'm not gonna let anything bad happen to you. I promise? I promise. I don't wanna hit you, baby. So please don't make me, okay? Uh, Rickety Cricket comes back. And he does some drugs. Oh, you guys! Cricket! There you are! What are you doing? I'm working on my moves. What moves? For my musical! I'm writing a musical, you guys! It's about life on the streets. Archangel has to live on the streets and fight crime. What? That's great! Where are our drugs? Yeah, the drugs, oh, I sold the drugs! Good! Give us the money! Oh, now! Spent the money. Spent the money on these sweet-ass kettle drums! Look at these! Those are trash cans! Trash cans, Cricket! Oh, these are trash cans? Uh, then why do they sound like this? 
sold our drug money on two garbage cans? No, 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 no. I did some too. Yeah, we can see that. There is some left. You guys are yelling like crazy and I can't compute. Oh, don't do all of it though, because I still gotta write the seventh act. It's kind of all up here. It's a really interesting second part we got here. I have absolutely no idea where this is going to go. Like I said, last episode, I was totally planning to dump on it. And and now it, I I don't know where we're going. So I'm let's excited. get into this. Yeah, uh, The Gang Gets Whacked, part two. We got uh, Charlie and Deal uh, weighing out their cocaine. They started out with uh, Charlie and D are the beginning factors in this episode. They're weighing out cocaine while Charlie's cleaning his fingers and getting high on the supply. I, I laughed at that just because as a kid, I would go to like some like like a circus or something and I'd get cotton candy. And you do that thing where you know, oh, my fingers are sticky. Better lick them. But you're a stupid kid, so you go and grab more cotton candy and so your fingers get more sticky. And then next thing you know, your entire arm, you're, you're arm deep in the cotton candy bag and you're 90% stickiness. You guys know <laughs> what? what I'm talking about. Kids are sticky. What? I don't remember. Did someone we put barely. you in a cotton candy machine? Yeah. Are you okay? Where were your parents? <laughs> I was abducted by clowns at the young age of four and was forced to uh, appreciate physical comedy for hours on end. It was, I learned I learned the claw at a young age. I never That's could do the, the claw. That's the thumb, index finger, and middle finger that you eat with. To get cotton candy? Chips, just cotton candy, just like shit that makes your fingers fucking messy. You don't need to just mess up your old hand and whatever. And Yeah, but I'm talking like I was like younger than six. I I don't I, remember when I was younger than six. Well, you know. When I was about 11, my parents chewed all my food for me. <laughs> 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 the, point is, the point is Disha, they can't chew his own food and kids are, are gross and sticky is what, is what this episode starts out with. So Charlie and Dee are trying to sell cocaine or what is left of the cocaine to make the money back uh, to pay off the gangsters. Frank and Dennis show up to the bar um, to point out that dealing drugs is once again dangerous. Frank is back on that high horse. But I think it's like this denial versus reality where like the denial is that Coke is for business executives and rich people like they say. But the reality of it is, is you can plop, you can't plop drugs on a conference room table and outright sell to, to suits. In, in a company. Which they were kind of doing last episode. And a little bit this episode, they're standing outside of like... They point out the ridiculousness yeah. <laughs> of doing what they did in the previous episode. But this time is D and Charlie. Yeah, everyone who wasn't in the room with the exception of D. Uh, and, and then Mac, uh, the one of the hi- other highlights of this episode, one of the highlights, the gangsters and Mac. Mac, pussy hands, if you will, uh... He, he he feels like he's being underutilized. Mac tells him he's he says I'm not I'm not being utilized correctly. And Mac's idea of being utilized correctly is hilarious. And as we previously Killing mentioned, friends. yeah, uh, <laughs> shaking up like union members or, or uh, hijacking trucks. trucks. Yeah. yeah, but I feel like most gangster work in the year 2021 is like desk work. You know, like the McMillian scam was uh, a mafia scam and and that required like oh, zero shaking up they're still bu- they're still busting up mafia um like families in like New York, what are New they Jersey. even doing uh, you know drugs D- oh yeah that's yeah i they guess run that's the numbers racket i'm like are they are they numbers, mo- there's betting illegal stuff, betting are, are you yeah. saying they're uh, smuggling hooch well, in, I did influencing, want to talk about that. intimidating stuff, yeah, you know, it very much exists. Influencers are the mafia? Well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. You're, you're, I did want to talk oh. about that in the last episode. There's all these, like, um, TV and movie tropes about criminal enterprises that the mafia does. Like, they take over a slaughterhouse, and that's, like, what they do to make their money. And yeah. you're like, how? How is that illegal? They, and what, where is the illegal part? They took over the slaughterhouse. Like, we run the shipping on this side of the city. What does that mean? What do you do? I don't understand. Well, um, you know, they they take... I don't, I don't exactly know. It's how like to get money into laundering. It. Yeah, they. Um, That's when it becomes illegal. Like to to take it back to the unnamed use, meth well, show we were talking about well, last episode. Well, first of all, the way that like they they extort like business owners to get a piece of their company, and then they also use those companies as their shell companies to tax so money laundering money laundering but i'm saying tax havens 
everything, whatever they can use it for, they use it. It's for. white collar crime. You don't. What What do you mean? There's like nothing illegal going on in business. It's racketeering. It's straight up racketeering. They still do that. There's. I don't know what that word legal. means. Racketeering. <laughs> Takashi Six Nine went down for racketeering. I thought like, racketeering. I can't was with him. How do you go down for racketeering in the year 2021? Well, so, so I've been like on like a like a yeah. What is exactly racketeering? Like define racketeering. Let me let me get an actual definition so, so I don't botch this. I've area. been on like a hey, mafia. I've been watching wild cards. You're experts on criminology. Yeah, we're a crime podcast. Man. <laughs> I've been Those watching are pretty popular. I've been watching a, a lot of like Goodfellas and like Godfather and all that stuff. So, so that's what made me want to watch Starting Soprano. Also, because I'm from New Jersey, and I was looking at the newspaper um, back where I'm from, and like just recently they had like a giant like mafia like bust. In, Before like, you read the definition, I think it has something to do with like the plotting aspect, and I might. I be thought it was extortion. Wrong, I thought that. it's extortion. I thought it was. Let's hear it. Yeah, I thought it was like you Black pay market. us ten dollars or we'll beat you up. It's a it's a combination. Uh, I'm gonna use just quote Wikipedia. Racketeering is a genre of organized crime in which the perpetrator set up a coercive, fraudulent, or otherwise illegal scheme to repeatedly collect money or other profit. So, yeah, essentially, all, like, said. mafia in, in, in a nutshell, like, uh, organized festival. crime. Yeah, yeah. Gangster work, you know. Yeah, anything that Billy McFarlane basically has done his entire life could be considered racketeering or, or fraud. Body work by Dennis. Racketeering. Uh, ass Kickers United. Racketeering. I, I, I'm going to make the argument if the gang had to go down for anything, they probably have the most counts of racketeering. Yeah, unintentionally. Thanks to Frank. These people should be locked up for like a millennia. They've they've committed so many felonies. And we're only <laughs> in season three. That's the point of the show, man, he says before taking another hit of the joint. They're all us. You just don't get we it. We should all go down for racketeering. That's the point, man. <laughs> You know, it's the top one percent that are the racketeers, man. Racketeers. I thought we were libertarian. I thought you were libertarian last last episode. I'm everything. I was a fascist <laughs> last episode I'm too. Everything. I'm whatever you want me to be, baby. <laughs> I'll do it for the clicks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that's the reality of being in the mafia. I think in 2021, like that's probably the only thing you could catch now is a racketeering or a fraud charge. Like no one's. They're still doing heroin. I'm you smuggling? They're smuggling heroin? Um, I'm sure there's some dealing. sort of drug dealing like, going on, yeah. Which I've, I found I found some in the 80s that referred to doing cocaine as whiting the right horse. Do you think that is like tied or to... nose clams. Do you, <laughs> do you think that's tied to Peter Nimkenpoop at all and the fact he's a white horse? Yeah, yeah oh, you know... Cocaine I was told that heroin was being brought into this country by a different group of people from Donald Trump. He told me something else that wasn't. Yeah. No, it's, no, it's going through Charlie's butthole. It's I don't know. Through. I've been taking all my facts directly from Donald Trump for the past five years, and I've I've gotten nowhere. Unfortunately, I was told that I would be owning the world by now. You do. The world is your oyster. Why would it be my oyster? Is that a quote? It's my clam. It'd be his clam. <laughs> yeah, yeah but we're sad. getting ahead again, and now I'm gonna have to strike you down. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. There goes the BDSM podcast. <laughs> I got it again. Can you guys tell we recorded these episodes back to back? <laughs> We're all wearing collars with spikes on them. All right, let's get to the real meat and potatoes of this episode that we all know we really want the to talk about. Deli meats and potatoes. The, the, the deli the cuts. Deli meats. Rickety Cricket's back this episode. Cricket's origin story part two. Yes, Charlie and Dee in the financial district trying to find customers stumble across Rickety Cricket who is donning his uh, his pastor outfit yet again. Uh, and Cassock. It, is, that, is that the official term? That's the word, Cassock, yes. All right, I'm pescatarian. I didn't know. Um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I only eat fish. Um, he only eats fish. <laughs> So while getting high on their own supply, um, and side note about that, they didn't want to snort it up their nose because that's how you become a drug addict, obviously. Yeah. Uh, while getting high on their own supply, they convince him because now he's a street urchin, he knows other street urchins that he can sell their drugs to. So they convince Cricket to get into, for the second time, their schemes. And that goes about as well as you'd expect. Uh, but the the whole rub rub the cocaine on your gums 
But I think that was my one of my favorite parts of that scene. And when Cricket was telling him how bad their lives are, he says, like, I'm homeless. He says, oh, you're homeless. That's great. Yeah. Like, a uh, really solid scene from, from Dean Yeah, when Charlie. he's talking about how, like, the drug dealers beat him up, he's like, oh, do you know those guys? Like, oh, you, you beat sell you to them? up? That's, ter- <laughs> that's great. Do you know them? <laughs> yeah, uh, that was funny. Yeah, this is the second. It's the only second time we've seen Cricket. And they're already just on a speeding course to ruin his life yet again. Yeah, and she's completely oblivious slash in denial to like her ruining his life. She's like, wait, what me? Like I was thinking I, I'm about the that. one that, she doesn't that remember. drew you away from the church and like fucked your life up. Like that was me. What? Why it's you like me? remembering. Um, and the first time we see cricket and she mentions when they were young and cricket had to eat the horse turd <laughs> to get a kiss. And then she wouldn't kiss him. And how she like, doesn't remember it. It remembers it differently. I think that's just a hallmark of deer or a hallmark of these characters that like she chooses not to remember. I'm sure maybe she remembers cricket coming by the bar when they had the stain going on, but I don't think she remembers per- in intentionally purposefully. She's like missing out in her head. The point that she strung him along. Or, I'm gonna I'm gonna or, foreshadow while we're on the topic, and I'm actually thinking about it. Later on, there are episodes. I was doing some deep, deep research for this podcast, aka just watching the show when I was going to sleep. <laughs> but um, there was times where like D just like couldn't lie. You're not allowed to watch. Like D just wouldn't lie. Uh-huh. So like I just I've, I'm starting to uh-huh. pay attention to that more now and see like, does she lie or does she just like whatever she says like she truly believes or whatever? Oh, and, I always thought about it like this. Like imagine like you know how in like. On, on like a cartoon, like an animated show, like next week will be a completely different thing and they won't remember what happened last week. I think the gang kind of operates like that where they just, where like their attention span or they, or they really are just terrible people. They don't remember these things. They just don't. And that kind of moves on to the next week. Yeah, just when they're on the next scheme, they yeah. forget whatever happened previously. Yeah, it's just, which is why they can't remember uh, the waiter at Gugino's ever. Ever. Uh, do 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 I know you? <laughs> when uh, Cricket's knocking on the door to get back in the apartment, he's like, "It's Matt." Charlie's like, "Who? Yeah. Matthew Mara? Yeah. Who? I love how they oh, always rickety cricket." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he says rickety cricket. Yeah, then no idea who he was. They always forget his name, which just makes it so much better. It just helps with his like metamorphosis into only being Cricket, the homeless <laughs> urchin. Yeah, who sucks on limes. Yeah, they already started calling him Sea Urchin. The street urchin. Street Stop urchin. calling me street urchin. Yeah, not sea urchin. The street urchin. Uh, street urchin. And that scene where uh, he goes into D's apartment, unbeknownst to D, that he's going to stay there. Um, that's another thing I love in this episode specifically is hearing the gang explain point by point how they got to their screwed up logic. Like, oh, we can't fix society's drug problem, but we can fix our light problem, and we have a way to make money. Therefore, we should do not the right thing, the obvious thing, I guess, and and sell the drugs. It's it's that thing again where it's like they have the money, they have their way out, but line by line, D and Charlie say, "Oh well, we have twenty four hours, and we have more time. That's more time to do more coke. All right, let's buy more coke, or sorry, nose clams." Uh, and they were being somewhat smart about it by having Cricket sell the drugs for them. Like they weren't really they're they're. By definition, obviously drug dealers, but like they weren't going out and being drug dealers. Like now, they're being drug they addicts. They were drug pimps. They're they be- were drug pimps. No, they're being drug addicts. Well, if you look <laughs> at the pyramid, um, if you look at the uh, pyramid at the top there, you got you reverse got bingo. Yeah, if you look at our reverse phone system at the top, you got bingo, <laughs> who dealed down to Charlie and D, who dealed down to Matthew, who I guess it's a more of a diamond, Matthew? but it's more of a diamond. And then, and then he distributes it out. So uh, today, kids, the, the word of the day is drug mule. Uh, can you say it with me? Drug, drug mule. Drug mule. Uh, and that's what cricket is, is essentially. Yeah. A drug mule. Right. Because he's not making money off hey, of it Kermit? or like anything. No, he, he just wants to. He's just literally selling drugs for them. Mm. Yeah. And he wants to sleep on D's bed and cuddle up with the bear. Which, you right. know. He's also an excellent playwright. <laughs> yeah. Like in real life, or are you just referring no? To, he's making the no, he's making the, the opera. Show, he's making the play. Oh yeah, in seven acts. <laughs> oh my god, Raza, gonna get higher and higher. Is it? Are we gonna get copyrighted? I don't. Yes. I think we hit the notes so. perfectly. That we might. <laughs> 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 uh, 
FX comes at us and is like, you're too good. It wouldn't be FX. It would be 20th would Century Fox. It would be owned by Disney. So That's a real song. Mac, Mac taking care of the mob boss's wife. Taking care of. Yes. He, uh, Dirty work. Don Saul. He, uh, <laughs> Don Saul, he says, take care of my wife. And... Uh, <laughs> How do you guys take that originally? Like he, when he said that before you knew like what he meant, what do you think he actually meant? You know, take care of her. You know, you take about? her out to the movies, a la Pulp Fiction you know, style, and Marcellus take, Wallace. That's what came to my mind. Yeah, I, I think uh, that one's most likely Marcellus Wallace take take Mia Wallace out to dinner type thing, five dollar milkshake, which is a cheap milkshake nowadays. Yeah. But we'll save that for our Pulp Fiction podcast. Um, or our inflation pod, our economics podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you get another good cutaway gag, though, when he says, when Don Sal says to Mac, um, you know, you don't mind getting your hands dirty. And it goes back to that. And then we cut and see that he's cleaning out the gutters. It's that editing humor that was in the first episode that carries over. And you could tell it was written by the same people from last episode and this episode. And to double up on that, he sticks his head in the gutter and says, I hate the mafia. That got me. That got me. I'm not going to lie. I laughed out loud. That I hate the mafia. That's the one that breaks. He's cleaning him. the gutters. <laughs> um, you know, it's looking at my notes. I didn't take as much from part two as I did from part one. But in my head, the pacing and, and the storytelling is so much and the characters are so much stronger in this episode. So again, I have no idea what my scores are going to be here when we get to the second part. But I think I like this episode. I mean, whether they do it on purpose or not, just with a part one and part two type episode, like part one is more of a setup and then part two is just the knock them down. Come yeah, come out fucking swing in and mm-hmm. yeah, literally knock them dead. Yeah, there you go. It feels Enough with the O's. <laughs> I like this episode a lot. It feels much more like a traditional episode that we've seen. That's what I'm saying. Like last episode was more reverent, more it was. It wasn't dreamlike. I don't want to say that, but it's kind of like what's going on here. Look, last episode it, needed to walk, so this episode could run. I think that's true. But I'm saying like last episode, who it make, did. It who didn't. What's <laughs> your analogies? <laughs> that's a common saying. What are you talking about? Who's good one? I'll give you a good one. <laughs> Attention deficit hyperactive disorder? I don't know. What, what? That episode, that epi- the previous episode broke us down so this episode could build us up. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Who wrote you lines? stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think last episode was, was a lot better in its own way. Than this one. But, but I think I swear like a lot of the, a lot of the punchlines this episode, like, I mean, you uh, needed last yeah. episode to like... I think everyone as a group is much stronger in this episode, again, with the exception of Dennis that I think we'll get into later. The dissension of Dennis Reynolds. Everyone is much stronger as a group in this episode, I think. Whereas last episode, I just remember laughing at Charlie more than I think I remember anything else in the episode. Yeah, I don't love Charlie on, like, cocaine so much. Nose clams? Nose clams. Propane. You know, I, I don't know. I don't. Flower. It's not my favorite drug that he's done. I don't yeah, like. Him. What's your guys' favorite drug that you've seen him on? <laughs> oh, glue. Glue. Paint. Since uh, I think that's what he does most of the time. Because as no we drunk. all know, no drunk. I mean, he's funny. He's drunk. I think they're all funny. But I don't know. He's kind of annoying on cocaine. Um, what 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 was that line? D says, "I don't I don't do I don't do uh." crack anymore you however uh huff glue every single day um that's just i didn't think it was that funny but i think it was just good character building yeah because once you have that in your head the character of charlie kelly becomes way better if you understand this guy is on drugs every day and it's good you know knowing like it's, it's good like knowing that this character does stuff outside of what we see him do like mm-hmm. that's a good a great way of of character building if you ever played like dungeons and dragons that's like important to do to like your characters is say what they do off screen all the time so it's a really i agree it's a great way to like you know build his character yeah builds really deep characters not there. you know you know having glue is not so deep but it's part of him it makes charlie charlie so it's important <laughs> 
Who was your guys' favorite this episode? Th- this part. Mac. And who was your favorite last, I guess we should say? Mm. I think Charlie. My favorite was Charlie in part one. My favorite in this episode is Frank. Ooh. What do you think, guys? Uh, I think Charlie was probably my favorite in part one, and um, Don Sal was my favorite in part two. <laughs> Don Sal. He prevents. He he presents like a, a cool head. Enough with the O's. <laughs> uh, he's the only one that seems to be aware that he's an actual he's mobster the, because he's the Matt, boss. Yeah, exactly. Matt Matt deals in tropes. <laughs> Everyone else deals in tropes. He's the only one that's like, take care of my wife. What? What are you talking about? Take care of her. Like, yeah, just go do some chores. You know, you clean her house. She needs the house cleaned. <laughs> um, but. I think as yeah, like I said, as as far as story goes, this one's stronger. I think as far as character goes, this one's stronger. Will it hold up though? Reason will prevail. We shall see. And we'll find out yeah. here in part two of this episode review. So when we come back, we're going to take our arguments, uh, our feelings for this episode, put them on a scale of one to ten, uh, and we're gonna put it all together and uh, clean out our gutters. And uh, see what scores we can uh, get together here after this break. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Golden Gods and Goddesses, welcome back to the show. Rumham and Wildcards, Brayden, talking with Deli Meats on the phone, and hey. Donnie and Adam, all together here talking about The Gang Gets Whacked, Part 2, Season 3, Episode 13. The way the second part of this podcast works is we have five categories that we are going to talk about. Out of those five categories, each of us can give a score of 1 to 10 for a total of 200 points between all of us, and we will average the scores. Forget about it. It's going to be a good time. So um, the categories are story, you can give up to 10 points. Characters, up to 10 points. Quotes, overall humor, and wild card, also up to 10 points. And uh, let's just just get into it then. Um, So for this episode, I think... Let me let me let me say part one. I was originally going to give a five out of ten. I ended up giving it a six point two out of ten. So I haven't adjusted the score for this at all, and I'm conflicted because if I boosted my score for the ep- for part one that I thought I didn't like, does that mean I should boost it for for this one? And the only way we're going to find out is talking about. It. So let's get into the story. Story of this episode. Ten out of ten. Oh, yeah, I think it has whoa. to be. It has what? to be just as good as the last one, and then. We wrap it up and then we get the the, the bro awesome the wraparound. I'll give it a nine. The yeah. wraparound. Yep. He's fucking the boss's wife and they look in the window and recognize each other and then crickets the guy they pin it on. Come on now. <laughs> Come I on think, now. This, think, is, <laughs> this is the classic deli meat special. Okay, you can order this for eight ninety five at your local <laughs> Caboni. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna. I tend to agree with you guys. I'm. I gave it an eight. I, I dig it. I like it. I like it a lot better than last. I thought this story. I think you said it. You hit the. You hit the number on the nail, Braden. You said it. Uh, this story was much better than the last episode. Well, it. This episode has the the rising action and the climax really of this story. Like admirable effort to get both episodes as interesting as possible, and I think they did it for the most part, at least according to our scores. But this episode, this part, gets most of. The action, the the laughs per minute, I going, I mm. think. So we were talking last episode about like what sets up like a really solid overall humor score. I think this story is a contender to set up a really good overall humor score, and because it's so good, I'll give it an eight point five. I'd probably be giving it a nine or a ten if it wasn't tied to part one. I'm giving it an eight because like I think last the first episode of this series, um, it kind of started slow. And it ended fine for me, but this one was consistently, you know, from the get go. It was it was more consistent, but that's also due to the fact that we like we were saying before the first one, you know, set it up. 
mm-hmm. you know so you gotta you gotta you gotta grade it for grade it for what 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 it's worth you know yeah the ending and the ending was just that fucking good like yeah Frank ended up paying yeah. for it. They sold the chalice. Frank ended up bailing them out of everything anyway. Mm-hmm. Cricket took the fucking heat. And Broke then his for legs. God knows fucking what reason, the horse is just running free to end the episode. I, I respect, Rest in Peter Nincompoop. <laughs> I respect this show so much for acknowledging that. And then not only, uh, not only acknowledging that Frank has more than enough money to bail the gang out, they make it an integral part of the plot that that they point out the the abilities that that Frank has to get the gang out of their situations. Yeah. I think it's an essential look into the character of Frank and I think this is also a good segue into characters um that he can bail them out at any point but he's not going to unless he gets some enjoyment from it. So um, well, we were talking about the previous episode, Frank's like, I don't want to help him out at all. Yet he spends all his time trying to pimp out Dennis. The end result of that would be to make enough money to help them out. So he's still helping them out, but he's just doing it his way. Can I, can I also, well, no. Can I also point out though, that Frank was willing to basically just gunfight with them instead of just paying off their followers. <laughs> I love that. He was ready to, gun. to pull out his gun before he was ready to pull yeah. out his checkbook. The ending scene is one of my favorite scenes. I think like if Dennis didn't walk in with money, like it could have just straight been a gunfight if they really let it escalate. Okay. Okay, eight out of five for characters. You got me convinced. But also, like eight out of five. Like, I'm sorry, eight point five <laughs> out of ten. I don't, I don't know. I had a brain fart there. Eight point five out of ten. <laughs> but also, like, I gave it a seven for the degradation of Dennis. That hit me to my core. But, but also, Dennis tends to he he can often be like the voice of reason sometimes. As crazy as it sounds, he he's sometimes like, what is going on here? Let's just like be realistic. He can be, and that's what he does at the end of this episode. He stops fooling around. He stops like. Doing the gigolo thing, he's like, like, here's the money. Like, what? We had the money here the entire he time. Does, he does he, take control at the, like the literal last minute. And, and you gotta give some respect to that character. Uh, and, and if you guys were saying you didn't like him last episode or much of this episode, at least give you know credence to the fact that he give respect to the fact that he is a bit. He he. What's what's the word? Shit. Redeemed himself. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I agree though. He was out of the loop more than like yeah. You would expect Dennis to be this entire two part episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gave the characters an eight. I, I, I thought they were really solid. Could have yeah. went a little higher, but I think they were really solid. I, I think Frank turned it up this episode. I think I think Dennis is now the only one that was a little bit off character, but like Adam said, he redeems himself. But I think if you're not including at least one point in your score for Rickety Cricket yeah. in this episode, you are doing a disservice mm-hmm. to anyone listening to this podcast. For For all this, I give it a 10. The fact that Dennis redeemed Whoa. himself. Same same thing that I gave it. I gave a ten for characters last episode too. Um, I yeah. just thought they were very strong. I love the wise guys in this episode. They're so funny. They're hilarious. When when the wise guys like he does have great hands though. Like that's a great throwaway line. <laughs> and it's just like it's like all right, all right. What's going on? The gangsters are human too. Yeah. But All right, you've convinced me. I've moved it up from it to from a seven to an eight. Whoa, wait! Hey, right, yay! Reason will prevail. Yeah, and cricket, of course. And this is kind of cricket's second origin story. This is like what makes him the cricket that we know. Like last episode. Like the next time we see him. Yeah. yeah. I, I um. Where's the note? I said for those of you keeping track at home, the damage yes. to cricket is now homelessness, drug addiction, broken legs, and broken face and spirit. Rise up. Higher enough. You can never break that no, man's spirit. spirit. It's fine. <laughs> Have you heard what he'll do for a sixer? That man's he's spirit. Got kettle drums. He's got kettle drums going he's, for him. His, his spirit is not broken whatsoever. Uh, yeah, so good love to the characters this episode. Eight and a halfs, eights, nines, tens. Good good stuff. What about quotes, by. though? Because mm. last episode. Six. Yeah, three. Okay. I wow. three. I went three uh, and a half. I don't know. Three and a half. Uh, I don't know. There's some the the um in my mind the uh it's like the Cajino's waiter scene that them not recognizing cricket has its own special place in my heart. Um who me or Charlie? You. Um we said when they're trying to commissing cricket, he's like, You said it was a one time thing. We say words all the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'd like to bring it back to what Adam just said uh, about breaking Cricket's spirit because there is literally uh, one beautiful song lyric I'd like to sing to you. They break my legs, but they can't break my spirit. I didn't feel the pain because I found more cocaine. 
<laughs> fucking um, when they're weighing the cocaine, I guess cocaine is weightless. <laughs> <laughs> they all you guys do is play cards and eat deli meats. That's what um, they do in the Sopranos. That was already a decent amount of quotes. I have but the, the not in your quotes. nose, not in your nose. That's how you become a drug not addict. Not in your nose, a drug addict. Your homeless ivory tower when D's going <laughs> That's off. A good line. That's a good line. I see where they're coming from. I see where they're coming from on the 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 don't snort it up your nose. That's how you become an addict line. Because I feel like it's the opposite. I, I feel, yeah, that's what I was about to say. I feel like if you're gumming it. You're, that looks way more addicty than addict addict. If you go up to someone that doesn't know much about drugs and you said how do you do cocaine, most people it's say you nose. sniff it, you snort, whatever. Yeah, but yeah. here's my thing. Like if, if but not, if, if, not you rub it on your gums. If yeah. Charlie is calling it nose clams, what would he call it now if he's not using his nose? What what, what was his clams term? or gum clams? clams? If you want to take gum it that clams, far. yeah, it sounds gum weird. Clams. But that's Charlie. Okay. Yeah. The name's uh, Clams, Gun Clams. Yeah. <laughs> uh, every good uh, drug dealer keeps a head stash. <laughs> yeah, that, I like, that one was just the 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 situation of them. It is like, a situation of get, Charlie being one, the one to say it and shit. Mara and yeah, like it, it's his delivery. Like, oh yeah, no, a dealer. Like he keeps that calm demeanor because he's still trying to convince Cricket to go back out into the street and sell more for them. And I think it's one of those where like. Charlie's not like doing the math to be like, oh, I have this stash that's paid for and blah blah. He's just like, I want to do drugs, so like, yeah, every de- every dealer keeps his stash. Like, yeah, he just, just he just threw out this line so he can do his drugs. Inexplicable baggy. Yeah, and these then, people uh, are walking too fast <laughs> when they're trying to sell them the cocaine, and everyone just breezes by them. These people are walking too fast. They're already <laughs> on cocaine. Uh, yeah, the one Adam said that he does have gorgeous hands. Like yeah. that was more of a situational thing he too, but a- that's a one liner. It's funny. Mm-hmm. And then the last one I had. Those. Yeah, and then the last one I had was the I would never sleep with you. You're gross. Yeah, like, once again, that's you're more gross. situational. But like, none of those really got me. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm staying. Oh, come on, enough now. with those. Any Italian, any Italian American stereotype done to death. I mean, you could you could probably cut um, me making fucking cracks in the last episode and how many O's I did, and just be like, enough with the O's. It's just when we think about last season or last episode. And you guys brought up solid, just blocks, paragraphs of yeah. back and forth. And and we brought up like those really solid scenes. Uh, I couldn't find it. I know, I know we shouldn't be comparing two episodes, but God damn it. I mean, I, it's I've, part one and I part two. I very much agree with you. I wrote the exact same number of quotes down that I did last time. I'm giving it the same score. I think we had all the good ones about I had the written. same conversation. All the good ones you guys brought up, I had already written. Yeah. So I just. Yeah, last episode there were a couple ones where you guys said it, and I was like, "Oh, how did I miss that?" I'm sticking yeah. with my. This seven. I'm not. So three and a half. I uh, half. Yeah, you guys fucking. You guys fucking tank. I them. give it a three because, like, honestly, the only thing from this episode that I do ever quote is just the song that Cricket sings in the end. Anything, everything else, just I don't. Hips and remember. nips, gotta make it sexy. Make it sexy. Or I'm hips not eating. Nips. That's a new um, quote. Uh, yeah. So, but that's the thing. Like, I don't really remember <laughs> these quotes. I don't think about them. I don't use them. They're not really in my vocabulary oh, all the time. You don't think about hips and nips every day in <laughs> goddamn life. <laughs> Maybe I think of David Hornsby's yeah. hips and nips every day of my life. I wake up and I pray to David Hornsby's hips and nips. You know, I just remembered. I just got an epiphany. Like. He he is now in in leg braces like he was in high school. Like wasn't he? Maddie Merrick, Rickety Cricket, right? Oh, uh, that's why they called him Rickety Cricket. Uh, yeah. And I'm like circle. And I'm like he's just back there now. Well, I it's wonder, kinda sad. I wonder if they at that time they were writing the show like knowing whether or not it would be brought back next season. Um, because if you ended Sonny after this season, that is an excellent story arc for Rickety Cricket. He, yeah. they, they leave him the way they remember oh, him. He's got ways broken to go. legs and scrounging for help. He's got ways. For some to go. reason, in my brain, I thought that these two parts were the season finale of this season. Yeah, me I too. It feels too. like that. Is that just because yeah. two parters are generally season finales? Or did they do a midwinter two part? You know, yeah. shows sometimes do that. They're like fucking. You know, you know what I'm talking about. I don't know. I, like, I, like a winter season and like a spring season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like part fucking, A, part B. Yeah, fucking. Sopranos did that. Breaking Bad did that. I hate it. I don't like it. 
It's Walking Dead. It's all a gimmick. It's stupid. I refuse to watch shows on television unless they're of pre-recorded. Of course. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, I just had a, a good question about about cricket, but I forgot a good thing to say. Fuck. It's okay. Gone. It's wet, wet and gone. Do some nose clams. Maybe it'll come back to you. And and while it comes back to you, we'll we'll talk about the overall humor oh. of this episode. Oh, it did oh, come back no. to me. Oh, it came back. It like, came back. Do, yeah, oh, wow. it, 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 um, do you think like they flanderized cricket in like, and if so, good or bad way? Do you think like they like really like went off the deep end with him? Because I think they did, but in a really good way. Like I think they made his character get worse and worse and like. What is that word that you said? We always say it. it We've said it many times. Flanderization. We've talked about this before. When you just stretch a character's like like they get more and more ridiculous as the seasons go on because writers feel that people get bored of characters, so they need to be written more and more ridiculous. Uh, Oh, like like, Flanders. Yes. God dang you. Yes. (laughs) God, I hate you. Yeah. So like like what happens with Cricket? How he gets more physically. Uh, out there, his character makes becomes sense, so. It makes sense, though. So that's why I think it's good. Good. Way. I don't know. It's like, is it a transition of his character or is it flanderization? Because you can argue both, really. Like, they, they write him more and more ridiculous each time. Mm-hmm. But each time... They do that with all the characters. Yeah, each time he's more and more messed up physically, mentally. Mm-hmm. Not spiritually, because right. he didn't break the, they didn't break his spirit. Never, never. I think that's just standard fan response. If you read the fan responses to the show, the writers are like, okay, this is clearly what people like. So then they ratchet up those characters in those various ways. But the conscious choice to have like Frank throwing the trash can at Cricket and cutting his throat. And the next time we see Cricket, he has a scar and talks really funny. Yeah. You, you know, stuff like that. Like it's written, it is part of the story. It's not just for That's entertainment my, yeah. value. Okay, solved. So I think in that case, it's not flanderization. I think it's just writing. A good character over time. I agree. You, that's a good way of putting it. All right. So overall humor. Yeah, let's move of on. Of this now. episode, I recognize we gotta get five. Five. Ah, uh, six and yeah, a half. I, I thought this one was good. funnier than the fucking first one. This is an eight. I didn't. I didn't. I thought it was less funny. Let's sit down and watch both of these together, and I'm gonna keep track how much you laugh. This one's funnier. all right. Fuck yeah. All right. Fuck I will yeah. say, put one of those machines on me. I am the machine. I w- <laughs> I watched both episodes uh, with my girlfriend. First part, first part got way more laughs. Ashley laughed at the first part way more than the second part. But is she our new standard of measurement? <laughs> she did say my same comment that I'm about to say here at the end of the sure. second one, saying that one felt funnier. And I was like, "What do you mean?" She's yeah. like, "That one felt funnier." But I was like, "But you're laughing at the first part way more." Yeah. So like that's know. where this like began in my head. I'm like, shit, do I like part one or part two more than the other? So um I don't know. I'm I don't know. I'm, to me, very obviously part two is funnier. I'm a I'm tempted to just give it the same score I I I gave I did part one. I did. Okay. I gave I gave an eight for the first one for humor and an eight for the for this one. But then what you said about um what you just said about what your girlfriend said. That kind of make that kind of I thought about that, but in a different way. I'm like, I did laugh. I laughed a lot more in the first one, and the second one did feel funnier, and it did feel funnier. It felt like it should be should have been funnier, but I still like laughed a lot more in the first part. It's just the better pacing, and it's better and editing uh, like is better character comedy. I think like yeah. like like I said, all the characters feel more like themselves in this episode. That's why I gave it the higher character score as well. So. I give this a 7.5 for humor, and yeah. So I'm going lower than last week's episode. I'll stay at my 6.5, just barely less than last week. You're on nose clams. You're on nose clams. How dare you? on nose clams. We would have been done with this episode 30 minutes ago if we were on nose clams. Anyways, guys, here's the point of the show. The point of the show is that it's really... (laughs) I didn't really laugh at this one. I gave it a 6 out of 10. 8. 7.5. funnier than the first one. 5. 5. You gave Mm. last episode a 10. And you gave the story of you gave this story of this episode a ten, a ten. And you're gonna the give the story's better. The humor's not; it's, it's just not there. Okay, I, you know, the, I think the, the problem is there's more memorable sunny moments like cricket playing the drums, them pulling the guns yeah. on the gangsters, just but Dennis stripping for the mob boss's wife while while Mac notices him. I just think in the first one there's a lot more gags and a lot more the editing is there and a lot. 
we have the cold open too. We have a lot of things. The cold that open in the first episode sucked. It, What's the worst that can great. happen? And then it cuts to the gang gets whacked. Fuck you! That's hilarious. That, that, that like millisecond of the one liner to the end, but the the whole cold open is like a minute or two minutes. And you I can't thought, just take out the last three seconds and be like, yeah, that was awesome. This episode was a bit drier. In terms, like of yeah, they always had they always have good one liners before the cutscene. But the entire cold open was not that good. Like I didn't laugh. I could I could have watched the cold open and been like, I'm not gonna watch this episode. We, him telling hey, him, everybody, him telling the, everybody here. Go ahead. I was gonna say him, <laughs> Mac telling like Dennis how sure he is to do the exact wrong thing you should do for an electrical like current. That's hilarious to me. Everybody here got beaten up last episode, uh, pretty brutally for talking about uh, part two. When, when we were talking about part one. <laughs> so let's not talk about part one. We're talking about part two. But now it's okay because it happened and we can Do reference it. Do I need it. to give you more lashings? No. no. Kinky. Oh, God. No, I don't. No, I don't want any more lashings, Braden. No. Adam, why are you shaking your head? <laughs> yeah. Welcome back to our libertarianism BDSM podcast. Um, it sounds like none of us are moving. Sounds like all of us are dug in, and we will not be moving. I am. How dare you bring me out? I mean, of this? I'm not, I love I'm not, it. I like my seven point five, and I'm comfortable right here. Six and a half. Screw you yeah, guys. Fuck you, people. I think the only one who's off <laughs> is the dish of the day, but I don't care enough to try and sway him this episode. Does that leave one one last mm. uh, category? Yeah. Wild card, bitches! Yeah. yeah. It leaves yeah. five pussy hands out of ten. There are five pussy fingers on a full pussy hand. <laughs> Seven guns drawn at Patty's pub. We're out of ten. We're just get a gun. <laughs> they all have guns at the end. Come on, this episode's funny. I got it from bingo. <laughs> mm. You go, Donnie. I don't know. Uh, they said pussy hands four times, but like I said, this episode is better than the first one, so I doubled it for eight pussy hands. Um, I gave this for wild cards. I gave it um, I gave it ten wife beater and chains out of ten because I, I I I I like this episode better, or I want to give it more points. Because I feel like I gave it two little quotes, and there, the quotes did suck, but I want to give it a bit more points for this episode. So, 10. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's really extreme, but I, I, can, I can appreciate it. But yeah, yeah. It's all a set I like it. Big, I, I, you know. big It's Always Sunny is guiding our fucking scores. <laughs> we are not swayed. Our opinions cannot be purchased. Uh, we are unbiased. You can <laughs> definitely extort me for my my scores. Yeah, if someone wants to sure. send us... If a you want to racketeer me, I don't know if that's, a, that's how I properly use that word. We could racketeer me to get some higher scores for this bitch. All of them accepting racketeer points. It's called payola. It's <laughs> the term when you work in radio yeah. and, you, and you exchange radio play for some sort of monetary or gift gain. It's called payola. Oh. A vig? <laughs> what is the vig? Yeah. They use vig a lot in Sopranos. and They offered me a lot of context clues, so I actually know what a vig is now. Before we place this episode on the list of lists, we need to find out what the fans think. And before we find out what the fans think, I have a correction. Last episode, I was looking at the IMDb page for The Gang Gets Whacked Part 1, and therefore, you guys already know the score for The Gang Gets Whacked Part 1. So, or um, Part 2, I mean. So, last episode oh, got an 8.3 from the fans, 8.5 oh. on this episode. You get a lashing. Ah! Adam, stop it. <laughs> kind of feels good. Um, boo. So, shades of Braden, boo. Yeah, so uh, quick correction there. 8.5 out of 10 from the fans for The Gang Gets Whacked Part 2. 8.3 for Part 1. So the fans like Part 2 better, mm. but the question is, did we like Part 2 better? Adam, what'd you give this episode? I gave it the same score as I did for Part 1, a 7.7, which is, you know, I like it. You're I so like boring. It. I know. This Ooh, episode was 110% better. 110% better? Not 110% better. I'm 110% sure it was better. So what'd you give I this episode? 100%? I gave it an 8. Donnie gives this episode an 8. That sets it almost to your top 5 there, Donnie. That sets it at number 6 for you. Uh, yeah, not tied for anything. Dish of the day, what'd you give this episode? Look, I thought your story was great. I thought your characters were pretty good, but the humor didn't do it for me. And for that reason, I'm giving it a 6.6. 6. 
6.6 from Deli Meats, our dish of the day. That sets uh, The Gang Gets Whacked Part 2. That's number 16 on your list, dish of the day. Not really tied for anything. I originally gave this episode a 6.6, but after giving it a little more love, I gave this episode a 6.8. Also not tied for anything on my list. That's number 12 for me. All together now, where does this episode go on the list of lists? This episode is tied to be in our top 10. It is 0.2 lower than The Gang Gets Whacked Part 1. We gave this episode a 7.3 out of 10. This ties up with uh, The Gang Exploits a Miracle, which I loved, but uh, not so much from everyone else. No one else did. And The Gang Gets Held Hostage. What do you guys think? Is this... It's funnier than the gang exploits a miracle. The gang gets held hostage. I think this is way funnier than both yeah. of those episodes. Oh yeah, Liam stabs somebody. I think the gang <laughs> exploits a miracle sh- should be above it, but you know we'll we'll deal with that when we get to the end of this season. And to get notified when we reach the end of this season, be sure to hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or if you still got that Apple account. You can blow the dust off of it and uh, go over to our page and uh, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We greatly appreciate it. And uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, again, at alwayssunnypod. Go to solo.to slash rumham for all the links, including the list of lists, which now contains both parts of The Gang Gets Whacked. That's Season 3, Episode 12 and Season 3, Episode 13. We have over 30 episodes now on the list of lists that is crazy you guys we have over 30 episodes now uh so a lot of content over yet a lot of content for you guys to check out (laughs) oh donnie we got hundreds and hundreds of more of these to go don't you worry don't you worry no i'm fucking worried (laughs) (laughs) thank you guys for listening we appreciate you guys so much one more time solo.to slash rumham Go check it out. Go grab some merch. Code GoldenPod for 15% off. Support St. Baldrick's Foundation. And uh, we'll see you guys very shortly for another Jabroni Talk. We got Jabroni Talk coming up here. And uh, yeah, the last bit of season three. Let's see if it can redeem itself. See you guys hey, very soon. A certain, a certain city named New York may or may not have a good night. <laughs> good days to use. And to use. Rumham and Wild Cards is produced, directed, and edited by me, Braden Plegenkuhl. Donnie Crunkleton is our associate producer. This episode was written and hosted by Braden Plegenkuhl, Donnie Crunkleton, Adam Rothbart, and the Dish of the Day. 